Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. So I, I guess maybe the best place to start is that our going into electric cars um, wasn't our first the first time that we were looking into sustainable or more sustainable transportation. Um, we had uh, grease cars, yep. which are cars that run on waste vegetable oil for several years. Um, I actually joke about it being my environmental midlife crisis, um, where I remember that you were at a conference and I ended up calling you. I was driving the, uh, the minivan and I asked permission to purchase a used Mercedes-Benz, old, old 1984 diesel Mercedes, to have it converted to waste vegetable oil. And um, you were gracious enough to say, sure, as long as we saw the minivan. And that was a, a odd thing because it was going from a very luxurious minivan with two young kids to um, a very basic old Mercedes that, again, I was going to convert to, to vegetable oil. Um, and we did that for a number of years, ended up getting eventually two Volkswagens, had them both converted, and collected uh, the oil from local restaurants. But after a while, that became difficult. And um, messy. And messy. And, uh, you know, I ended up going more trips to the chiropractor because it was each one of those uh, containers of, of vegetable oil were quite heavy. Um, so uh, eventually when we needed a car, I always, I've, for years before this, I wanted to get a Nissan Leaf. Um, and, uh, we had that discussion and, and we were actually able to find something. Yep. So, um, what was your, I guess to begin, what were, what were your thoughts about the Leaf when we first got it? Um, I really liked it. I mean, it's a pretty car. Um, it's like a powder blue kind of color. It's like almost my favorite color. So I really like that. And the shape of it is really interesting. Uh, so I liked it a lot. Um, it rode really nice and it was super quiet, which I wasn't used to, especially after the grease cars, which were pretty loud. Um, so, uh, so I liked it a lot. Um, I also, I was a little concerned because it was bigger than my previous car and I'm really tiny. So I, I felt like, oh, is it going to be too big for me? But it's like adjustable. It's I, I, the, the seat in the front. So I felt like it was a good car. Um, but I have to say, um, as a journalist, I do a lot of traveling and I was nervous right at the beginning about the range. Um, just worried, like, is it going to get me to where I need to go for my interviews? Um, you know, on a cold day, is it going to get me back and forth to work? You know, so I, I worried about that kind of thing with that. And, um, and I felt like, well, I don't know if it fits for me. Um, but for our family, since we do a lot of kind of local driving, you know, and, and where we could charge at home in between, like, that was fine uh, for you. But I worried for me. Yeah, and actually that, that brings up a good point. I mean, it, you know, the Leaf was basically, we have two cars at that point, and uh, we typically have two cars. Um, so the Leaf was, ended up really being my car for the most part, even though we share our cars. Um, and at that point, uh, being an at-home dad, 
I, my main thing with the leaf was being able to get the kids back and forth to school and activities and all of that. And I get a lot of questions because um, I started, I, I co-founded the electric vehicle group Evolve KY here in Kentucky about six years ago, um, which is when I got the leaf. And I get a lot of questions from people that are thinking about uh, getting an electric car and where to start. And I always kind of tell the people to start where I started, which was I was thinking, well, I have certain needs for a vehicle and I have to know, like you were talking about range, I need to know that I'm going to be able to get to my destination and back and not run out of out of fuel. Um, so what I did for a week, uh, and I, like I said, I, I recommend this to other people that are thinking about EVs and are a little freaked out by the idea, is every day in the morning is push in, you have a trip odometer on your car. So you set the trip, trip odometer, you know, reset it to zero. You go about your day and you do what everything, everything you need to do during the day. And then you look at it at the end of the day and you record that on a piece of paper and you do that, you know, for a week. And if your routine is, you know, pretty much the same just about every day, you'll see that, uh, how much you drive daily. And, uh, I think the average uh, American, you know, car is driven something like 25 or 30 miles a day. And uh, it ended up being maybe a little bit more for me. Um, but I figured out that with the range of the vehicle I was buying, I could easily do that. So um, that was something that kind of eased the whole idea of range anxiety for me, because we realized that the Leaf wasn't going to be a car that we were going to go around and take long trips in because it's a, a generation one vehicle, which was basically what was available, uh, just about what was available back then. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it would definitely serve the purpose for that. So um, I think we were happy with that. And then when it came time to um, get you uh, another vehicle, we looked at the Chevy Volt Um and that seemed to meet your needs more because you do need to travel for your work. Right. Yeah. Um, the Chevy Volt uh, is actually a great car um, in many ways. Uh, I mean, first of all, size-wise, again, I'm very small, like 5'2", not even 110 pounds, so real small. And uh, and the Chevy Volt is a perfect size for me, so I feel like that is great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's roomy enough to fit for people very comfortably too. So, um, it's just all around like good that way. Um, and I spend a lot of time in my car because again, I'm a journalist, so, um, I'm driving to different interviews and things like that. Uh, and so, um, and sometimes I take long trips. I might, you know, go out of state for, you know, a couple days or something like that and go from place to place. Um, so when I need that, I can just use it like a regular car and fill it up with gas and just, you know, um, charge where I can. Um, and sometimes I would even take a, a plug with me, uh, and try to find, um, you know, a place to plug in the car at say a hotel or somebody's house that I'm going to or something like that. Um, so, and that was one way to, to, you know, cut down on the, um, the gas a little bit. Um, but, um, but yeah. And then when I am g going, you know, just to, to 
a local destination, like if I'm going to the store or if I'm going to pick up a kid or whatever it might be, um, then I can just get there on electric. Um, one thing that I found like a little uh, difficult um, is at the beginning, especially um, how much range on electric does the car have at, in different weather conditions. Um, so like in the summer, you could get 35 miles or something. And then if it's really, really cold, maybe, you know, 27 miles or something. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's a really, uh, I'd have to get used to that. I couldn't just depend on, oh, it's exactly 31 miles and I can just plan in my route. Um, so that was one thing. Also, um, speed and other factors, like the, the just the condition of the roads, the uh, whether you're using your heat or not, or your and air I, conditioning. And I would say that we have different driving styles. Yes. <laughs> I'm a little faster. Just a little bit faster. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And, I like and, the heat. And I probably, you know, drive like somebody's grandma. So uh, I, I drive pretty slow. And uh, yeah, and also if you're taking the local uh, roads, um, that increases your range a lot as well, you know, versus going higher speeds on the highway. So I think that's something that, people that are new to EVs um, very soon find out about. Uh, and sometimes if they're purchasing an EV, whether it's a plug-in hybrid or a, you know, a 100% battery electric vehicle, if they're purchasing it in the winter, uh, you know, they're like, oh my God, you know, why, why don't I get the range that they're at saying that I'm, I should be getting? And that a lot of times has to do with the weather or if you're you know, really going at fast speeds. Um, but the good news is with, with time, uh, now we're, you know, solidly into the second generation vehicle, electric vehicles that have common ranges of 300, 400 miles. Um, so, um, with the Volt, it's been great. I mean, we've taken it on trips to yeah. visit family and, um, you know, it, it's, it's a, was a reasonable, uh, car as far as cost, uh, at least right now, you really can't afford a Tesla, um, but those, those costs are coming down too. So, well, and I would also say, um, I mean, it switches over by itself. It's not like you have to do anything. You could just be driving along and, on, um, the electric and then it just runs out and switches immediately while you're driving to the, um, the gas and you just kind of hear a little more rumbling, you know, when it goes over to that mode. Um, but that is also, you don't even have to really think about it. Um, and it also is very good about um, telling you how much gas you have left, which I find better than like if I think back to our Volkswagens, um, you know, it wasn't as exact. You know, it didn't say you had like, you know, 142 miles or whatever it might be. It would just say, you know, quarter of a tank. Or, or yeah, something. and I was really impressed. Uh, I'm impressed with both cars, but the the Volt is... I, I see it as really being over and engineered. Um, you know, Chevy really uh, put a lot of time and effort, uh, especially with the first generation Volt, um, to put out a product that was really well thought out, very solid. Um, there, there are little things. So, you know, if you're driving along and you, you use up that 30, 35 miles of electric, switches over to gas, and t say you're taking a real long trip and, you know, you run out of gas, you know, uh, maybe you're not paying attention or whatever. 
it actually switches over to electric for a short amount of time after that as a safety. So there are these kind of interesting safety things built into it. Also, I would say, you know, for someone who does need to travel a lot and maybe doesn't have the money for a Tesla right now, and, you know, a plug-in electric is a way to, you know, kind of live your environmental ideals, but, you know, in, in reality, because the reality is, you know, some people need to drive long distances and don't have a ton of money. I mean, I think that the type of... um like situation we're in, like, you know, middle class uh, people with jobs that require travel. Um, there's a lot of folks like us. <laughs> so, and I I think that, you know, electric cars shouldn't be thought of as a luxury for the wealthy only, you know. Um, uh, you know, we can, we can do that, you know, go as far as we can along living our ideals, you know, for the environment. But also, you know, live in the reality of what we have to do. Well, and that's a really good point because um, we've always purchased used vehicles. And I think a lot of people don't realize they th- when they think of electric cars, for better or for worse, they think of Tesla. And, and I suppose rightly so, because Tesla, that's all they do. They make electric vehicles. But with both of our cars, we bought them pre-owned. We bought used cars. And because of that, we got really, uh, you know, really good deals on them. So, you know, first of all, we're not buying a brand new car. So uh, and then second of all, we're, we're getting them at a reasonable cost. Uh, electric vehicles, straight electric vehicles, plug in hybrids, typically a lot less maintenance. So we're, we're really benefiting from that. And to your point about um, we've always been very interested in doing what we can as far as the environment. We have, you know, solar panels on our house. We've had energy audits and we've done all the items on the list for the energy audits and really believe in being good stewards uh, of the earth. And transportation is a big part of that. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's happening now. I'm, I'm really happy because, like I said, you know, six years ago, I started this electric vehicle group here in, in Kentucky, Evolve KY. And just in that amount of time, um, just observing a huge amount of change as far as increased amount of electric vehicles on the road here. Um, so it, it's really happening. I, I know when I, I saw the uh, first Toyota Priuses out, uh, when they first came out in the you know, first few years, you didn't see many of those on the road. And it was kind of exciting when you did see one. That, now you see tons of vehicles uh, and vehicles you wouldn't expect, like trucks and stuff, to be hybrids, you know, and SUVs. Well, one thing that, that I've noticed, um, there is sort of like this brotherhood and sisterhood of um, electric car owners. And I didn't realize this until we had electric cars or plug even plug-in electric, but people beeping at each other. You know, you're going down the street, you see another leaf, you know, someone waves or beeps. It, it's kind of a neat thing. Yeah. Um, and I've also noticed the increase just by the number of beeps, um, you know, like at first it was pretty far and few between that you, you know, meet up with another leaf on the road, but now it's pretty frequently. Uh, so that's interesting. And then also I've had people come up to me um, and ask about, you know, oh, how is that plug-in electric working for you and, and things like that. There, there's a lot of interest. Um, and so it's it's interesting. It just kind of connects people in a way, which I didn't know. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, people, I remember there's there were, you know, in the very beginning, um, it would always happen at, at the time you least expect it. Like I'd be pulling in uh, to, you know, a, a gas station basically for getting a snack and not for getting gas. And I remember one of the first times someone inquired about the car, they, you know, they were like, oh, is this one of those electric cars? And it's like, yes, it was a husband and wife and they were very interested. So you do the whole thing, you pop the charge port and you show them. And then I remember telling them, oh, yeah, and it doesn't have a, a tailpipe. It has no exhaust system. And uh, the husband really couldn't believe that. So he actually walked all the way around the car, <laughs> crouched down, looked underneath and calls to his wife. He's like, yeah, there's no tailpipe. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm not lying to you, you know, and, and but you know, we've really come a long way because with our EV group, we, we do a lot of outreach um, and a lot of tabling events. Uh, we try to be out in the community as much as possible. And I've really noticed a difference between people really, you know, here in, in, in Kentucky, not even understanding what an electric vehicle is to really having some, you know, good questions and, and really wanting to know more and, and it becoming something that a lot of people are realizing that it's it's an option for them and something that they very well should you know consider yeah people have talked to me about it too and um you know i'm someone who's kind of less of an evangelist about it but more just you know a user of it who has been won over um because it works for me so i'm like a practical user. I mean, I believe very much in, you know, preserving the environment and doing what we can. Um, but I also, you know, need to be practical. And so, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of giving that viewpoint. Um, and something you mentioned earlier about uh, repairs. Yeah, <laughs> I do have to say, when we had our um, Jettas, Volkswagen, the yeah, Volkswagens, um, they were in the shop a whole lot. And, you know, no, I'm not saying anything particularly bad about Volkswagens. It's just they were old and we just ran them till they would run no more. And uh, we've done that with a lot of cars and we were just always in the shop uh, and got to know our um, mechanics very well. Um, I can't tell you the number of times I remember like walking from the, the mechanic shop a mile and a half to my workplace. And, you know, that wasn't the funnest thing ever. Uh, so um, this car is never in the shop. Uh, and I love that because I've never had a car that wasn't in the shop frequently. Uh, so that's a real plus to an electric car, in my opinion, um, because who has time for your car to be in the shop? Yeah, I mean, my leaf, I, I love telling this story to people that just don't understand uh, or don't have experience with this. But my leaf is a 2011, it's the first model year they made these. And aside from normal things like, you know, the windshield wiper fluid and tires and tire rotations and stuff like that, um, the only other, the only expense that we've had maintenance wise for that was the passenger side um, window motor. It was like, you know, or something in the window, it wasn't working. So it was like 250 bucks. Um, so really a, a maintenance bill of 250 bucks for a car that was built in, you know, 2010 or 2011 uh, is pretty remarkable. Um, you know, whereas with uh, the Jetta, you know, I remember one of the biggest expenses was one day, you know, the, the transmission was slipping and 
we needed to get a used transmission and it was something like 3,500 bucks. And it didn't give us really much notice at all. We just had to come up with the money or get a different car. And we ended up fixing it. But um, there's been no surprises, basically because an electric car has, you know, so many fewer parts. Uh, you know, there's no exhaust system. There's no you know, alternator. There's no transmission. There's no oil changes. Um, you know, it's a huge list of things that it doesn't need. And it basically is just to drive. You know, it's, it's I always say it's, uh, it's wheels, uh, you know, and, and a motor. And, um, and that, you know, there you have it. So. Yeah. And the expense of all those repairs really, you know, added up over time. I can't remember the number of times we we sat there and we're like, okay, do we sell the car and get a new one? Or do we do this $3,000 repair? And, you know, we always kind of opted for the repair because it was always more expensive to get a new car. But over time, if you added up all those repairs, we probably could have got a new car. Uh, so um, this is just saving us so much money that way. And then if you also count the gas that you're not buying, um, yeah. it's a, just a really, that's another practical side of these cars. Um, because you know, you just save a lot of money. Yeah. And I don't, I don't find anybody that gets an electric car that misses going to the gas station because <laughs> well, the gas station in general is, is a pretty disgusting, uh, experience. You know, you go and you, pick up the handle and you have the, the gas fumes and um, it, it's and you wait in line. It's not pleasant. And with electric car, most people uh, are able to, if you have a garage or carport or even a driveway, most people are able to charge at home. So they never go to the gas station and totally don't miss it. Or at least less. If you have a plug-in hybrid right. like I do, I do Sometimes have to go. Less. Yeah. But sometimes, um, and especially now with the COVID-19 pandemic, um, you know, it's more dangerous to be going to a gas station and touching um, everything that everyone else touched and being close to other people and um, and all of that. So I think that's just a whole other uh, thing to think about now. Um, you know, it's just better to, to not have to do that. So um, I don't I like going. I still need to go sometimes. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. And I think a lot of people think when they think electric cars, they, they, they feel like there's a lot of unknowns and I've even seen it in, in the EV group, um, that we have here is at least in the beginning, people would talk about, you know, you know, the size of the battery and a lot of the technical stuff. Um, I think the beauty of it is as we're, as time is going on and I think, you know, the big companies like Tesla have realized this because they used to put, you know, the size of the battery pack on the back of the vehicle, you know, it would be 85 or 60, you know, um, and they used to kind of advertise that and they don't do that anymore. And I think what they're realizing is, is that it, it, it is user friendly. It needs to be communicated that it's user friendly. People don't like necessarily having to think about the technical stuff. I mean, I guess some people do, but you don't, you don't have to, if you don't want to. And, I think what most people are concerned with is, well, you know, I, I start with a full battery. How far can I go? Just like with a gas car or a diesel car, I start with a full tank. How far can I go? And will I be stranded? Will I not be stranded? Well, and that brings up um, when you first got the Leaf, I know you had to kind of experience that <laughs> firsthand. Uh, yes. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... Um, 
something that that was my that was user error. Um, it really didn't have that much to do with the car, but um, our daughter was going to a um, I think it was a bar mitzvah party at a a, cl- a rock climbing place and indoor rock climbing place, and it was actually for Kentucky. It was cold and it was snowy. It was really cold and snowy that night, and I remember I just kind of waited there for her to be done. And then we set off to go home. And instead of going home like I knew how to get home from there, I asked my phone for directions. Um, and I wasn't paying attention. And it, it sent me the wrong way on the highway. And again, with the cold, uh, you know, that can decrease your range dramatically. And here I was going on the highway for a lot longer than I should have been going that until I actually realized that I was a lot farther from home than I, I wanted to be. And at that point, I my range was way down, and I soon realized that I didn't have enough range to get home. So um, we ended up pulling over to a, a large shopping center, and <laughs> we're actually searching for a plug. We couldn't find anything. Um, and we told the security guard what we were doing because it looked kind of suspicious, but it was me and my daughter. And... Uh, Eventually, you know, my uh, well, you came to to rescue us, yep. but we also called a tow truck, and they they eventually got us. It was a busy night for them too because of all the snow, um, and they towed us uh, back to uh, our house. Um, and the great thing about that, if there was a great thing, I guess there's two things. One is I I learned to you know, especially with a first generation vehicle, with a sec you know with with the new vehicles now, it's not a consideration. You know, they have more than enough range. But with with the the Leaf, um, first generation Leaf, I really needed to know that uh, plan out. I needed to make sure I had plenty of of range for where I was going and coming back. And uh, like I said, I've had the car for over six years, and I that was the only problem I've ever had. But the other thing that was actually kind of cool is okay, so the tow truck brought the car back. Um, got it off the tow truck and it wasn't like anything was broken. I, I, I drove it into our driveway. Uh, I drove it into the garage, plugged it in. And in the morning it was good to go with a full, you know, a full battery pack. So unlike when you get towed with a gas or diesel vehicle and you get towed to, you typically get towed to the mechanic and there's usually something wrong. And then you have a bill for that. Uh, but at least here, you know, it was, it was a lesson learned, you know, but uh, it kind of came out with a, out of it with a, with a funny story and, right. and I, and I learned something from it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't had a, that problem since. No. So yeah. No, I think we've been really happy. I mean, they're, they're super quiet and um, you know, I, I think it's really, most people that have EVs love their vehicles. Um, yeah, and it's, it's really a kind of a personal relationship a lot of times that you have with your vehicle. Well, don't you have a name for yours? Yeah, mine is Betty because it's <laughs> Betty Blue. Uh, it's ocean blue. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. Um, you know, it's so quiet that, um, I think I, when I first got the car, I was kind of thinking, well, what's going to be the biggest thing that's different from my previous vehicle? Uh, to go to an electric car. 
And uh, I thought it was maybe I would feel like the shifting or not feel the shifting. And it wasn't that. It was it was really how quiet it was. I mean, you'd go and you'd hear as you were driving, you know, in good weather, you'd hear the birds, you know, you would come to a stop. And it's something that I think folks that have hybrid vehicles like the Prius and stuff get a little taste of because they turn off, you know, at low speeds uh, and, and just go on battery. Um, but with a pure electric vehicle, uh, you get that all the time. And it's, it's just, it's really wonderful. Um, you know, and I, we always joke that with, uh, like a Toyota Prius, it's the gateway drug <laughs> to getting, uh, an electric vehicle. So, um, yeah, we've, we've both been happy. I mean, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, um, I'm a little more excited about cars and vehicles in general, Right. Um, but I think we all both kind of also see them as as, you know, a mode of transportation. Right there. It's yeah. Again, you know, utilitarian yeah. for me. Um, you know, I never was much of a kind of car girl, you know, right. um, but I sure need a car to get around. And, you know, I have a job that needs a lot of driving around. So, you know, a, a comfortable, good, reliable car is super important to my life. So, right. You know, um, if I could also, you know, again, live my environmental ideals um, through my transportation, that's great. Um, right. So, yeah, it's a way to to be practical, save money, you know, move toward more environmental sustainability. Um, yeah, overall a good thing. Good, good. Well, I thank you for being my first guest, <laughs> my Valentine's guest. I think that's wonderful. You're welcome. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> and um, we hope that uh, you will join us for future episodes. And uh, if you have any uh, feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love for you to subscribe. We have some, uh, some good things planned for upcoming episodes that we're eager to, to get out. And questions, because Stu can answer lots of questions yeah, about well, cars. thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, again, thank you, and uh, we hope to see you next time. <laughs>